Hello and welcome to Experience Our Ally at Work. Today I'm speaking with Alison Taylor, who is currently the Medical Director of Systems Improvement and Professional Standards for the National Health Service in the South East Region of England. Alison's journey to medicine began where she grew up in Nigeria, and in that community she was surrounded by countless health needs. Spurred on, she qualified as a general practitioner, and during that time in her career, she discovered that many of her patients were using complementary medicine. So Alison decided to study homeopathic medicine and joined the Dr. Healer Network. As well as this, she studied energetic healing for a couple of years, and her desire was always to take a holistic and more systemic view of the patient as a human being rather than focusing just on symptoms. This approach Alison has also applied in the way that she views the human systems that she's part of whereby understanding how the parts intersect with the whole is very important. I look forward to speaking with Alison and exploring how experience has been her ally at work. Hi Alison, great to have you on the show today. How are you? Hello Rebecca, I'm absolutely fine, thank you. Thank you very much for inviting me. Alison, as you probably know, I asked everyone this question. Where did we first meet and did we learn anything? What were we up to at our first meeting? We first met um, when I was um, um, a delegate on the Athena programme, which is a women's leadership um, program run by the King's Fund um, and you were one of the facilitators on, the, on that course and you I first really came to my attention when we had a session which was about a social dreaming matrix um, and there was some reluctance in the room for um, some of the group members to sit in the middle of the room um, and that's really the first time um, that you came to my attention when, when you as it were outed that for us what did it mean and why were people avoiding their responsibilities, etc. Um, and it was quite it was quite a strong challenge um, to all of us. But it was a really it was a really a sort of focused way of of, of um, bringing everyone to the party rapidly. Mm -hmm. um, and it, that, that never happened again. And also, I think I think um, initially there was some confusion, I'd say, for some some of the others about what the social dreaming was all, all about and what we were trying to achieve. Um, but that sort of, I think that sort of helps people to focus what they were there for. Mm -hmm. The old, why are the chairs empty question. Yes. <laughs> Presumably you have to ask that every time. Presumably, well, it depends on the group, but yes, it's, yeah. it's a, oh, the paranoia about chairs. Anyway, yeah. so, so Alison, do you just want to give us a little bit of an overview of what you're busy doing in the world at the moment? Like what's, what's your world of work? My world, of, my world of work is within NHS England and NHS Improvement. I'm one of the medical directors in the southeast of England, and I, um, I focus on um, professional standards and system improvement. Okay. Um, but more recently, we've been uh, working uh, with uh, the challenges of COVID, in particular, trying to support the, uh, the, the providers and the systems to ensure that, um, that, 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 that the systems can respond uh, to, 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 to what's required with COVID, um, with the initial COVID response, but now more to do with the restoration recovery of services and try and cope with the backlog and just sort of unmet need that has built up 
mm-hmm. um, and more and, and more more actually more recently now we're planning we're planning things like the flu campaign and um, making sure that, uh, that that we that we have that expanded flu program ready mm-hmm. uh, which is actually incredible it's, that's actually going to be a massive challenge and of course if we have the covid vaccine on top of that that's not being confirmed that we are but if we do then that 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 that's going to be another big piece of work so they're the sorts of things that i'm thinking of at the moment so not much happening then <laughs> uh. <laughs> and and do you want to would you just let us hear from you around medicine and your journey into healing and medicine if you will so yeah just tell us a little about that yeah yes well i suppose my journey really started um when i was a child i, I grew up in nigeria and um you know, some medicine and visiting the doctors and, and, and Ill, Ill health were sort of ever present, particularly if you just you know, visually, visually in, 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 in the streets and the communities, there'd be a lot of people with advanced, advanced disease, even things like leprosy and so forth. So there was that, there was lots of visits to doctors in order to have vaccinations and all the sort of preventative stuff that one needed. And then when I was about eight, my mother developed cerebral malaria. She's really, really serious, and she was in hospital in Nigeria. And she had a friend that was a um, female Irish um, anaesthetist, <clears throat> and she was very concerned about my mother and thought she was going to die. And somehow managed to arrange for her to be brought back to England um, to to to, you know, to 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 have her treatment continued there. Um, and I, I mean, I remember there was a sort of like it was like an emergency situation where she had to, or no, where where we all had to get to the airport. My mother was on a stretcher. Um, she'd been sedated. She was, um, you know, looked after in the first class cabin by, 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 by my mother's, my mother's friend. Um, and, you know, it was all quite scary as a child. Mm, absolutely. Happening. Yeah. My mother survived this. Um, and, um, you know, there, there, there was a, um, a, a, sort of a female professor that looked after. So these two women really encouraged me to think about medicine as a career. That's why I'm, that's why I'm mentioning them really. And so, so, so then, then on, you know, at school, I was naturally interested in, in subjects like chemistry and biology and so forth. And, you know, I was fortunate enough to get, get, get a place at medical school. Uh, so that, that's really how I, that I got into medicine. Um, and then uh, very keen on doing general practice from the beginning. I just, I liked the totality of general practice. I didn't want to shut down my options. I wanted to understand um, health in, the, in a wider sense, the effect on, on people and patients. And of course, you can do that perfectly from general practice because we see people in their home settings, we're seeing all, all, all aspects of their lives um, in a longitudinal way as well, that long-term relationship. So, um, that, so in general practice, I love general practice. Um, but I was working in Brighton um, as a GP and um, very strong community interested in uh, homeopathic medicines and, and uh, complementary medicines. So I, I wanted to understand really why, why the patients, um, where they were coming from. So I, so I did some training in, in that as well at the homeopathic hospital. So there was a, gr- there was a group of us um, that, that explored, you know, explored this element of medicine. Um, and that, that, yeah, that was a really nice sort of a next step on from understanding. Um, I mean, I suppose I was thinking I was, I went as far as I could holistically understanding patients from the sort of, um, you know, traditional medical paradigm, but then exploring the complementary world actually took that even further. Yes, um, absolutely. Yeah. What did you have to adjust in your role take up to integrate homeopathy? Like, did it represent a shift in how you worked in your role? What, what, what was that like for you? Yes, it did represent a shift in my role. It also represented a shift in attitudes of my colleagues towards me, which is quite interesting, you know, um, that side of it. Um, yes, I mean, the whole approach is flipped on its head when, 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 you, when you, you, um, you know, when you try and apply another sort of a, 
um, another sort of medical system. And I mean, that's what's so interesting. The whole, the individualization element is what's so interesting. So I would have had maybe, I don't know, 10, 15 years of treating patients with asthma and focusing on these, looking out for specific, specific common symptoms and then working with a system of medicine where we, you know, we're stripping away the common symptoms. We're not interested in those. We're interested in the unusual symptoms, which are um, specific and individual to that person, their suffering. Um, and, of and of course, all the philosophical links of, between that and, and, and the world that they live in. It could be their reaction to the wind or, you know, the, the, the moon or, or, or the rain or whatever it is. Those, those sort of other wider elements um, that are impacting on, on their health then come into play. And, are, mm -hmm. um, you know, it's, it, it's fun to be able to work with that material. And of course, the, be the best thing about it all is, is it safe? Mm -hmm. um, and that, that's lovely to be work, working with um, medical tools that, that you know aren't going to cause problems down the line or harm patients. Yes. Um, yes. Which is a great concern, you know, with pharmaceuticals and so forth. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Mm. Especially with asthma. So mm. the colleagues that, mm. um, so, so you didn't have any problem shifting how you needed to take up your role with integrating homeopathy. Yeah. But, but what happened with your colleagues? What, why was that a little bit? Um, well, I think, I think, you know, alongside this was, was a real emergence of evidence-based medicine. So understand, you know, understandably, that, um, that, that, you know, that's, a, that's a serious business. And homeopathy is, is yet to be able to sort of punch its weight in that world. Um, so, you know, um, many of my colleagues literally discount it. They literally discount the value of it. Um, or they you know, may say something like, well, it's only placebo. And I suppose I think, well, even if it is only placebo. What's placebo tolerance? That's yes, right. You yes, know. exactly. Um, so yes, mm. so so yes, I, I would say, and then there was one there was one practice I was working in. This is a locum, and a note was left on the desk: please don't prescribe any homeopathic medicines anymore. Wow, which is quite interesting. Yeah, they didn't come and talk to me about it. The note was just left there. Right. Um, right. Yeah. And and you were allowed to though within the boundary. Was it? Um, yes, I mean yes. I think I think that's that's that that's all stopped now. But yes, at that time it was still possible to do that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And of course, it's you know, it's cheap as chips as well. Oh, you know, right. so, yes. yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I I do see more today though that more research is coming through. Mm. You know, um, but it's true. It's not seen in the same light as EBM, is it? Evidence based no. medicine. Yeah. Not at all. So then, then what happens on this this journey of the the medic healer, as I'm thinking about you? Oh, <laughs> well, yes, I suppose. Um, well, I, I was a partner in a practice, and I left I left the practice because uh, because I had I you know I had some family commitments and things like that, and I wanted to be a locum, um, and I wanted just to have a bit more time to myself, really. Um, and when I was working as a locum in a practice, some of the practice managers asked me, were asking me questions about practice management. Um, and I was sort of giving them ideas and because yeah, I'd been a partner prior to that. Um, and they, they invited me to become a, an assessor for a particular sort of element of the GP contract. Um, so I went along on the course and then I ended up doing that sort of assessment work. <clears throat> and then ending up doing more and more of that type of thing and then, then ending up in clinical governance. And, that, and that's how I've ended up to be a medical manager now. Um, mm -hmm. through that clinical governance route. Um, we, this is about the time when, when the shipment inquiry was taking place and it became obvious that we needed to have better structures in place to, 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 to deal and spot and preempt you know, that sort of thing from happening again. Um, so, so that was really the time when I, when I entered 
um, sort of the clinical governance world and then um, got involved in all the professional standards work that pulls out of that. Mm -hmm. What was the, the pull toward that, Alison? Yeah, I mean, it wasn't really a pull. It, it, I think it was a... It, it was more of a it was more of a push really because I'd, I'd built up a lot of experience um you know when i when i when i was a partner in the practice and i sort of established a, a network of um of, of, of uh, other gp practices in the area um and you know i sort of had a lot of ideas about 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 healthcare and what what good healthcare looks like and i suppose um I suppose it was just an opportunity to use that experience that I've learned, but it wasn't really anything that I was actively looking for. I just ended up, you know, sort of being, and then being offered the work and the mm -hmm. work fitted, fitted round very well with, with, um, with childcare and so forth. So then I just ended up, you know, sort of doing quite a lot of it. Um, and then it, and it went from there mm -hmm, mm -hmm. really. Yes. And, and what in, in terms of, um, where you are now with medical governance, what, yeah. what, what are the key things that you, have to work on. I don't mean the task, but yeah. more related to finding your role. What are, what are some of the challenges? Because I'm imagining it's quite a challenging area. Yes, I mean, that's right. It's something that I've done for a long time. So I suppose if you were to ask me about my role at the moment, it would be more the system improvement work is where I'm having to find my feet, because I feel relatively comfortable in the, in, in the governance work. I've been, I've been doing that for you know, maybe 10 years or so now. Mm -hmm. um, although, you know, it is very challenging because, because there are a lot of challenges that, I mean, ch direct challenges from those that we work with. Um, you can get you know, lots of med medical legal challenges and, 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 and a lot of resistance to engage and all that side of things. Um, I suppose the main challenges really um, come from, I suppose, leading a team and bringing those up that, that, that work with me through the system and also the um you know the sort of um what am i trying to say succession planning that's mm -hmm. really the thing because otherwise if it's all on me and the ideas are all mine that that that, that, that that's no good for a resilient um, organization so i suppose that's really where, where the challenges are trying to enthuse those that i work with to um you know, to, 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 to develop our to, to develop where we are and uh, improve the way we do things and just, mm -hmm. just try and get the best possible, um, you know, we need to run the best possible process for, for our performers, um, you know, for possibly because it's very stressful for them too. So it's really, really important to try and keep that, 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 that stress down for them, um, but also to ensure that they, they engage so that the patient safety side of things is covered off well. Mm -hmm. What would you say the purpose of the work is, Alison, just so listeners can understand? Yeah, well, well, it, well it, it's all about patient safety. Um, because you know, so if you, if we if we have a so I work with doctors, dentists, optometrists, and pharmacists, and if they um, you know they, they may be a, they may have become a bit rusty in a certain area of their practice, which then has led to a complaint or led to a significant event or something like that, then we need to make sure that that's that, you know, that that's understood by them and that they've had the opportunity to do the relevant um, remediation and training to improve uh, what they do next time round. I mean that that's that's really the essence. So we're working with individuals, um, so that's that sort of problem. They may also be. Um, which to me it, much more serious conduct issues or mm -hmm. probity issues um, uh, you know and those things are those are very important because they go to trust and sure. yeah, that, that 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 that's basically we operate on trust uh, um, as practitioners that that's the thing that's so important um, and that you know and that really needs to be be, be handled mm -hmm. you know, so very carefully and sensitively in, oh of course and so you and your team are you then looking for patterns to like yes overall improvements or areas because As i'm well. thinking with technology and 
the yes. way society shifts. There must be always so much happening for people. Yeah, no, I think that that's absolutely right, and 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 I and um, I encourage our clinical advisors to 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 gather those themes when they meet quarterly to gather those themes and then put them all together um, into what we call it a learning line, so that that can be shared um, widely um, among, among amongst everybody who does this type of work. But also, yes, absolutely, we, we it's fed into um, um, yes, yeah, so the national complaints work is also or the regional complaints work also looking for themes because that's right and the themes you know we may see themes to do with with uh, with with, with uh, ill health and stress on doctors uh, so that's something that also comes through and there, there are some really good support mechan mechanisms to try and help people with with ill health as well which mm -hmm. then has an impact on their performance yes for sure so we're is looking it, to spot that kind of thing is it yeah. true nurses smoke <laughs> uh, i'm sure they do yes <laughs> no no i don't it's just one of those, um, I don't know, things people say, oh, a lot of nurses smoke, and I always think, is that real? Is that actually a real thing? So, yeah, yeah, I can imagine, so. it's a real, stress is a real thing, so. It is, it's a real thing, yeah. How, how stress mm. impacts the body mm. and um, how people then work mm. is. So, we are in very, as we all know, bizarre times, challenging times, unusual times. What have you been reflecting on in the, in the spare moments that you've had, Alison? So what, what have you been thinking about in terms of perhaps where you've come from in the past, what that means for now? What, what's, we, because we were talking earlier about some things, some work you've done recently about your beginnings, so your first family and links to um, how you're working in the world. So mm. what... What what would you say? Where would you like to go? I suppose one of the one of the one of the sort of threads and the themes that um, has has been I've been thinking about recently, I suppose, is really this um, that I I grew up in a, in a, in in an alcoholic family, and the effect that that's had on me. And I think I was I've been blind to that for many many years. Um, but through um, you know, some a couple of the development programs I've done, like the Athena course, and then the one I did before, um, where there's a lot of, sort of in-depth analysis of personality and traits, and your feedback from colleagues and so forth, I've been able to spot some of these sorts of themes and, and wonder whether it whether it is whether it is linked, in fact, um, mm -hmm. to to the fact that I you know that I am sort of by proxy someone that's been affected by the behaviour of an alcoholic when I was growing up as a child and where. Mm -hmm. um, to, uh, had to adapt in order to survive. I, th I think um, I'm beginning to see those sorts of things now. Um, and I'm still working through a lot of it because it's a relatively new um, revelation, I suppose. So, but I'm just, just, just been thinking through those sorts of things. Sure, sure. Yeah. And is there, that's courageous and bold work to do. So, well done. Thank um, you. Yes. Yeah. So, as soon as we're in the mum and dad territory, it's um, regardless of the story around that it's it's courageous um what links did you make to the world of work in terms of roles were there things that you were seeing that yes i i think this is something which um which uh i think i think issues with power are um are something which i've which i've noticed and particularly i think perhaps i'm over, maybe over deferential to those who i sort of perceive to hold more power than myself Mm -hmm. um, and actually, and 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 the way I'm working around that um, at the moment is is I'm really thinking more about. Um, um, sorry, I'm just having a brainstorm here. Um, yeah, it's more about just understand everybody just play. Everybody's just playing a role, whatever that role is, and um, it's almost like it's a sort of a. It's it's an apparition, 
that um, that because someone's playing a, di a different role, that maybe in a rank or something like that, that actually um, that that I don't have as much agency as them. We just everybody's bringing to the party what they can to do their job to the best of their ability. The fact that somebody is of a different um, perceived position actually isn't something which I, which I should allow to affect me. Mm -hmm. But I think I probably haven't. I probably haven't challenged as much. I suppose is what I'm trying to say. Mm -hmm. um, and and that and that's um, yeah, and and also the other thing I think that's come through is that I am a people pleaser by nature, mm -hmm. um, which can be hugely helpful doing collaborative work and all that sort of thing. But actually, um, it holds me back maybe from being being maybe sort of where I need to be a bit more discerning, a bit more critical of things, um, mm -hmm. or um, stand stand up for myself probably. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and boundaries come to mind. If you're yes. pleasing, but some boundaries around yourself or your role or yes. even other roles might be challenging. That's right, yes, because you, one can end up exhausted if one doesn't protect one's energy as well, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Didn't you do energy? Didn't you do energy training? If I remember correctly. Yes, I did. No, that's right. I did. So I did. Um, I did. I used to go to um the Doctor Healer Network, which was uh, which which was um an organisation which brought together um yeah doctors nurses that were were interested in um the yeah, sort of potential of energy medicine along with those who who are trained healers. Um, oh, wow. and, and, and that was fantastic that was really fantastic I mean I, mean, I was met and, and working with people like bakers and actors and people from all sorts of different works of life yet we were all there in the same room trying to achieve the same thing just to try to try, to try and um yeah heal people help them with their medical problems and so that that was a really lovely exploration as well I went along to um to to, to a, a group um for about a couple of years um, wow and yeah what, can you tell me about the practice? Like, what what were you trying to work on? Like, just so I can understand. Yes, uh, what what we were trying to what we were trying to do was, um, I suppose, harness harness a source of energy, mm -hmm. and try and um, try and um, I suppose it was yes, to harness it and and allow allow it to pass through us to to the person that needed it. That that was in essence what we were trying to do. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and trying to sort of learn skills to do that um, requires a lot of um, you know, dedication around meditation and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. So you, yeah. so if you were working with others, so if someone had an ailment mm -hmm. or was yeah. feeling disturbed or whatever, it was that you would have to be very centred. Is that yeah. right? And then That's you, right. you'd work. Did you touch the people? No. Or was it no touch? No, no. No, I mean, I, I, I never actually did it. I never actually did it. We just each of each of us in the group practiced on each other. I never, I never did this with patients. No, no, I know. Yeah, that was the idea. Yeah, that was the <laughs> yeah. idea. That's yeah. the idea. That's right. Yes, yeah. so, yes, yeah, so to understand your own, um, you know, your own energy really, and the effect that you could have on other people. And what did you learn through that? Awesome? What was what? What were your takeaways from that two years? Gosh. Um, I suppose I suppose at the end of the day I, I'm at the end of the day I, I, I have a scientific mind underneath all of this and I think I I think it stretched my limits I think it stretched my limits something like like um, homeopathic medicine I could I could understand and work with the energy medicine side of it um, I I thought was, I, I I loved the whole idea of it but I, I wasn't completely I wasn't really com convinced that actually it's something that um, well certainly that's something that I could do for people. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I don't quite know why. So it, it was almost as though I'd reached my limits of sort of, uh, um, I don't know, exploration, I suppose, mm -hmm. I think I'd say. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. if and I wonder, I, I wonder if that was that it wasn't your healing modality. I, do you know what that, yes, that was? What yes. I was thinking about in the moment. Yes. Um, yes. You know that. Yeah, because uh, yeah, because if you didn't get results or if it didn't work through yeah. you or from you, it may have been about maybe it's not the way you heal. Yes. But I don't know. Yes. Yeah, because there's an element of mystery and giftedness. I think when I think about those types of modalities, isn't there? Yes. Um, yes, but also, I suppose, I think I like to talk. <laughs> I like to talk to people. <laughs> and I like to, I want them to talk back to me. I, I, I like the uh, sort of description and I like that side of it as well. Where, so, so, so that would be absent. That would be a bit like being a dentist where nobody talks because it's just all doing. And um, I suppose this is a little bit like that. Somebody's very quiet, they're lying down. And, um, you know, this, this is... Uh, you sort of apply, applied, but there's not a lot of um, verbal inter interchange. Is, yeah, it, like, is yeah. it like Reiki? Is it that type? Yes, of that's method? right. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I'm intrigued. How do you have these various interesting parts in such a mainstream I know, I know. How, I how know. does this work, Elsa? I know. I, 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 don't, I, don't, I honestly don't know how it works. It is just what it is, really. It is just what it is, and it's. Um, but but actually, to be to be fair, I think um, I think you know when we talk about something like system working and system thinking, I think I think I just do it now because of these other these other ways that I've I've um, I've explored medicine, you know, uh, through being a clinician, um, getting involved in complementary medicine. They've actually absolutely given me that real um, system and holistic way of working with, with with my patients and then I just do that with the work I do now and I, I almost assume everyone else is thinking that way too but in fact they're not and that's why we end up with these problems because we do we do need the totality to be considered mm -hmm. um, if we want any any kind of system to be successful. So you're um, using the human body as a metaphor for organizational yes. systems or that's it systems. that's it so yeah yeah you, you apply think, the same types of thinking what are the upstream yeah. like what are the forces and factors we'd say and yes and then what's going on within and then what are the outputs I guess yes that's right yes and just looking across whole pathways and and, and, and all the other, all the other sort of stakeholders and, and, and system players that could end up, you know, being being uh, be, being affected by the, these changes that, that that someone's wanting to bring in. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Mm. So I suppose that's where that's where the two overlap. What? Oh, and that's a wonderful, that's a fantastic way to analyze and work, isn't it? It gives you so many resources. Yes. Yeah. So where are you now? I, I'm very interested in it. Where are you now around what you believe and know in terms of the physical, so the human body? Yes. Let's start there and then I'll move to the system. But what, what do you believe and know? So if you were just asked, what do you think about asthma now, Alison, after all these years? What, what would you say based on all these experiences? Um, I, well, I, I would say that um, I would say that uh, there's a very well described um, sort of physiological ex explanation for what happens to patients, but there there are huge emotional and other triggers as well um, that are maybe not enough attentions paid paid um, paid to when trying to work out a way of trying to um, resolve resolve a pa you know help a patient with their symptom. So um, I suppose it's that side of it. And I find that frustrating. And eventually I did find it 
frustrating um, uh, you know, working as a GP limited with the tools that we have, which were essentially um, pharmacological tools. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember a while back there was, in fact, I remember a patient ages ago wanting to use um, some breathing techniques from Eastern Europe and writing to the um, respiratory, the local respiratory physician about that. And the answer came back, oh, no, there isn't much in this. I mean, I wouldn't, you know, so let's not encourage the patient to do this. And um, Whereas now we know that that sort of thing, there may be, a, there, there may be more of a role for that than there is. A, so, 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 so the other things, we're always on a, we're always on a journey with, pa- with patients and um, uh, ill health and working out what's, um, what's the right sort of treatment. So it's just that thing about keeping a really, really open mind um, mm-hmm. because something which... Um, wasn't suitable for treatment many years ago or, or thought to be a, a suitable treatment actually then ends up becoming one. Indeed. Um, Have yeah. you noticed a shift with, um, I mean, I know you're not practising as a GP now. No. Has it, has, have, however, given, you know, people you connect yeah. with, have people shifted in how they conceive of their own body's ill health or challenges or, or do you know what I mean? Has that changed over time? Um, I think I think what's changed is access to information from the internet, which I think is absolutely fantastic. Dr. That's the really Google. <laughs> yeah, that's the really big thing, and I, and I ah, think it's so, it's so important yeah, yeah. to try and get that 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 sort of. We're never going to get a quality of understanding, um, but the, 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 the differential was, was was too was too great it was too great from for my comfort before, and I think it, it's great as a doctor working with working with patients who understand what you're talking about. Well, not completely, but you know as best as they can because because um, because of the access to information and, um, and and this real drive for you know for patients to become experts um, mm-hmm. in in their own disease and and that, and that it's and it's a partnership way of working with them um, to, to to help them navigate their way through whatever it is that they're suffering from. Mm-hmm. Um, so that so, so so I've seen that shift and I and I and I I do believe my my, my medical colleagues are much more up for that than perhaps older generations as well. So I've, mm-hmm. I've seen those sorts of shifts. Yeah, um, yeah. But, um, you know, I would like to see more shifts around, around society taking more responsibility for, 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 for um, health issues. Mm-hmm. I, I, I really, that, that's, some, that's a shift I'd like to see mm-hmm. more of. What would that look like in your mind? I suppose really getting on board with the preventative mm-hmm. agenda. That, that's, mm-hmm. the main, that's the main thing, keeping healthy and staying healthy. Uh, I, I think that, that's something which could help on so many levels, so, you know, it, 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 help, it helps in the individuals, it helps society, it helps mental health, um, it helps, um, you know, it, it helps economically, all sorts right. of things, that's right, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, and um, in terms of the, so that, um, that's a lovely view of where you are holistically with the human body and public health, I guess, and where are you in terms of human systems, organisational systems applying this thinking? So, so what are you seeing the challenges and opportunities are in the systems yeah. that you engage with? Yeah, I mean, it's really very, really exciting time at the moment. And I think, um, as I was mentioning earlier, COVID has given us a taste of collaborative working and distributive leadership. Um, and I just don't want us to slip back from that because we've achieved so much in such a, such a short space of time. Um, it's so important that we retain the um, ability to be able to work like that. Um, and so, so, so I suppose that's, that's the thing for me going forward that I'd like us to be able to, 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 to continue. Um, it's very exciting on system working really is that opportunities to bring health and social care together. 
I mean, we've been talking about this for ages, haven't we? But um, mm -hmm. we're beginning to see we're beginning to see models being created where that ha where that happens. Um, there's still a lot more work to do, do, and we certainly, from my perspective, need a lot more funding um, uh, towards the so to, to, towards social care in order to make sure that we have some you know, new resilient models that are really really going to help. Mm -hmm. um, so 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 that's something which um, which is all to play for, and mm -hmm. I think we've got the organisations set up to be able to do that as best we can um, within the current legislative frameworks. I think, and I think the will is there and the architecture is beginning to be built now um, mm -hmm. for, for that to happen. So it's actually an incredibly exciting time to be involved mm -hmm. in this sort of work. In terms of what's emerging. So what, yeah. so what are, what is the future looking like? So it sounds in the short term, you're going to be out there helping to integrate social care and healthcare services from yeah. the role that you have. And what else? What else have you been thinking about, if anything? Gosh, um, I haven't been thinking of a lot, really, really. I think I, I, I'm not somebody that necessarily plans in that way uh, mm -hmm. because I quite like to wait and see what opportunities emerge and then take them. That's the way things have always been for me. So I suppose that's my pattern um, in, in that sense. Um, I, have, I have wondered about doing something completely different from what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. um, maybe not now, maybe not next year, but you know, maybe within the next five years, something totally different. Maybe history or something along those lines, um, you know, which is just sort of a passing interest. But just try a totally different world and see see where that takes me. Mm -hmm. Well, there's there'd be no shortage of things to explore, Alison. In yes. terms of yeah, yeah, yeah. Although I wonder how that healer that healer aspect of you would emerge yes. somewhere in it all. Yes. I, well, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it if it does it does again, but it requires space to do that. It really does. Mm -hmm. um, it's the way I, I think the way that we work. Um, I'm not sure it's a really healthy way that we work in, in Western medicine with the sort of uh, you know, these very short appointment times, trying to cram in so much. It's almost like there's a kind of a it's almost like there's a game, an unhealthy game going on between patients and 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 and. Uh, uh, well, let's say, say doctors or clinicians where we're just trying to achieve so much which is actually unachievable in such a short space of time a lot of the time and that's not the case obviously if you're having surgery done it's a dedicated piece of time sure, you know, sure. to do that but you know for example things like general practice just cramming so much in just that that short space and it's almost like well the patients are accepting it because that's the way it is and we're accepting it because that's the way it is but actually that that's not good enough I don't mm -hmm. think that that's um, that that's a uh, that that's a good way to deliver health care and, and, and I you know I, I didn't like that so, no, it's amazing um, what we accept and, and, and challenge, isn't it? And what mm -hmm. Yeah, we've ended up in that place and I can see the reasons why, but yeah, I really would like to see that change. Mm -hmm. Well, speaking of being spectacularly busy, I'm very mindful of your time. And uh, <laughs> we are we are at the at the time boundary. So uh, I'd really just like to thank you, Alison. It was fantastic hearing thank you so much. and the learnings that you've had and, and the work you continue to do. So very much appreciated. Thank you so much, Rebecca. Thank you.